Who would be a Wolves fan, eh? On goes Paul. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. Fans, welcome to the latest Wolves Fancast episode. It's Little Dan here hosting tonight's show. And tonight I've got with me Jeffo, Tom and Adam Price. I just mentioned off air that it's nice to start an episode this week where we're not going to have a, a big negative to talk about throughout the show. It's going to be mild positives tonight on the back of uh, last night's one-all draw away to Aston Villa. Uh, a bit frustrating that we didn't get the... Um, the three points, but overall, it's uh, there's a there's a nice horizon coming on the way. Obviously, out of darkness come a flight and all that. It's nice to feel a bit positive. Obviously, we've got Liverpool the weekend. We can go into that with a bit more of a let's just see what happens and not worrying about if we lose. It's the end of the world. Uh, I'm going to come to you uh, first, uh, Tom. Obviously, Villa away last night. What was your sort of feelings about the game before the match? Myself, I was hoping. I would, I would have taken a draw. I would have bit your hand off for a draw before the game. What was your feelings? Yeah, exactly that, mate. Yeah, yeah. My brother texted me just, I don't know, a couple of hours before the game and said exactly the same thing. He'd take a draw. I said, yeah, yeah. I think, it, I think annoyingly, they've, they've become a reasonable team, haven't they, Andrew Emery? They've had some good results. So they won, I think, four of the last five. Um, watched me at Spurs. Although Spurs were bad, I thought they played quite well. I mean, they beat Brighton away, which is no mean feat. Brighton looked like a really good side. So. Yeah, I'd have been happy with a, a draw. And again, it's just building a little bit of momentum and, and keeps the run sort of going, really. Obviously, the transfer window hasn't opened for... Um, well, properly opened. It's open, but he's never really... You know, Unai Emery hasn't really had a chance to bring in, in big players yet, uh, Jeff Al, but he's starting to build a philosophy. So, what was your thoughts pre-match? Did you think we could... Um, in my opinion, I thought we dominated the game for, for large periods. What, what was your thoughts pre-game? Our pre-game, yeah, I was I was quite nervous, surprisingly, because no, no, after the like Man United game, I was really, yeah, I was I thought we, we were going to get something out of it, but last night I just I had this like ultimate dread that we were going to get rolled, and I I don't, I, don't, I never feel that way against Villa, and I think that's probably down to you know them bringing in Unai Emery, and like you said, Tom, it's rather annoying that they've got a a good team now and. And they have, you know, a good bunch of a good bunch of players with a good philosophy, and they're playing good football. So, yeah, going into it, I was feeling nervous, but obviously, we 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 uh, we come out with come out of it with something. So, my uh, disappointment, my uh, my feelings were misplaced, shall we say? Uh, pricey, obviously, good to see. You. I haven't been on a show with you for for a good while. Um, regular away well. day, Wolf supporter. Um, what sort of um, feelings did you go out to the game last night? Didn't I did not. I watched it um, by some certain means. I know. I know you've been a few times. Um, I don't know if you've been in the Witten Arms uh, retro wars on 
Twitter uh, posted earlier saying, can, can categorically confirm that the Witten Arms is the worst away pub I've ever frequented, like a South London <laughs> crack den. If you look at the pictures there, guys, it was confusing. I got there about half past six and saw a big sign outside saying Villa fans only. Um, I know a few friends who, who managed to get in, who decided to pay £3 to get into the Witten Arms. And you look at those pictures there, there's a someone's painted help on one of the um, ceiling frames. There's a there's a TV older than Andy and Stu in the corner that's just got football stickers on and no no electricity feed by the looks of it. Um, any sort of bad away day pubs for you, Price, that you can remember? Uh, yes, funnily enough, one sticks out in memory. Uh, Huddersfield away back in there, they were like, you know, wilderness championship years. I think, I think we had O'Hara playing for us at that time. And there... Uh, you know, Huddersfield's a sort of away day where you get met off the train by the police and you're just corralled or kettled into the designated away pub. And it was this really like shitty wind tunnel pub. It was horrible. It was like a dungeon. And I remember having the cider in there, the brand of which I've never seen again in my life. I think it was called something like Gator Cider. It had a picture of a big alligator on it anyway, on the tap. And I drank it and it tasted like Tramp's piss. It was horrible. I just had a vision then, of Gatorade and cider then. It probably was. Probably some sort of like bespoke mix of some... <laughs> we ran this Huddersfield. So the, the, the people of Huddersfield drink it all the time. But yeah, it was shocking. And I remember like there was used to be a bloke. I think I was in the North Bank at this point. Or was I? I can't remember. And then um, a bloke I knew and he just took one sip and he just like threw, smashed his pint glass down on the floor and um, just walked out the back where there was coppers. who was like, trying to keep him in. And he said, I don't care. I'm not staying here. I'm going to the nearest sports bar. So, um, yeah, that place ranks pretty highly as, as far as, like, terrible away pubs go. I was being accosted by a few friends saying, get yourself in the Witten. We're, we're all in here. It's Ramo. It's, 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 uh, the atmosphere is building up. And then I found out it was, like, three quid. And I was just like, I'm going to go and grab some food. I went to uh, Grandma Raiders on the, the, the Witten Road for some um, jerk chicken, rice, peas, steamed veg. Bang on. Get yourself to uh, Grandma Riders. I ain't even going to sponsorship here for Grandma nice. Riders. And the Witten served some jerk chicken from Grandma Riders. It was bang on. Um, so I was in Grandma Riders. I saw the lineups come out. Wolves unchanged. What was your what was your thoughts on Wolves being unchanged, Pricey? I'll be honest. I think I was expecting some changes. What those changes were, you know, I couldn't exactly put my finger on. But I was thinking. I was, I was happy with Breno starting because he has done he has done quite well. Eight Norris done really done really good when he's been coming on. But I kind of expected Traore to start, to be honest. Um certainly in place of, of Huang. And um yeah, the reason why I say that is like ever since Lopetegui's come in, you know, we've all seen on the videos he's he's made a bit of a, a special case of a Dharma, putting his arm around him and, and you know, treating him treating him, well, what appears, treating him nice. But he hasn't actually started under Lopetegui. And I thought after a couple of sub-appearances, he would get his chance. But he seems he seems settled at the minute, Lopetegui, on this starting 11. Um, and I think, you know, Nunes has, has been looking better recently. Matinho appears to be playing in some like, more advanced role. But um, by and large, you know, I've expected probably, you know, two changes. Definitely Traore, I'd, I'd expected to. And... Potentially, I, I would have. I wouldn't have been surprised if if Aitnori would have started ahead of Breno. Um, but yeah, other than that, I was kind of happy with the rest of the team. I mean, 
Costa and Jimenez, there's still, a, you know, we'll probably come on to Costa a bit later, but, you know, I'm still a bit baffled by, you know, well, let's not say baffled, but I still find it quite interesting that Jimenez continues to, you know, be on the bench and, and Costa starting ahead of him. But, um, yeah, I, I think a couple of changes was what I was envisaging. Uh, someone did mention on our Twitter corner, um, and, and there just seems to be a bit of a clamour for Ryan out Norwich starting that left wing position. Jeff, what what's your thoughts on that? It's it's bizarre to be honest. I I know I know we're all for Wolves scoring goals, and it's you know something that we haven't we haven't done a lot recently. Um, but just a couple of good games where he's played well in advanced positions doesn't really make him a, a left winger, does it? It's this. It's it's a similar situation to Ruben Vinagre uh, when he was here. A lot of people thought, "Oh, okay, he can't defend, so let's push him forward." But I mean, I was all for right Nuri Stein uh, left back yesterday. I t- despite Hugo being in in fantastic form, like I said on the preview, I just I just worry about him playing too many games. And uh, yeah, as as you say, uh, both of them. It, it's nice to have a, a t- you know two players in the same position who are both playing well and and competing for a spot you know it's something that we've not we've not essentially seen in our team for a long time and it's very settled even though even though it's once again the same you're starting 11 it's you know people are pushing people to start and pushing people for their place and it's, it's only going to be healthy and drive us forward Hugo Bruno is making it difficult for um, Lopetegui to even consider dropping him at the moment Tom um, he's been one of our most solid players in in the last sort of couple of months, everyone else has been below par, but Hugo Bueno has massively stood out. Jeff has made the comment about not burning him out, but he has to start. But what was your thoughts on maybe Aitnori in front of him? Um, yeah, sort of toss of a coin. I think, um, obviously, yeah, it's been brilliant since he's come in, although I would say United probably was his weakest showing so far. Not that I thought he played terribly, but um, it wasn't his best. So I did half expect Aitnori to maybe get a run. I think Aitnor, he's, he's the classic sort of, he's a wing-back, isn't he, more so? Like, he's not terrible defensively. He, he's done some great jobs in the past defensively, but he is definitely better going forward. Um, it's just a shame we don't have the same problem at right-back. Um, you know, if one of those was a right-back, it'd be happy days, because um, you get them both in there. But uh, uh, we'll see what happens in January. I think um, I was similar to you, Jeff. I was sort of pre-match that I was quite nervous and that was sort of my mindset for why I wanted mm. eight Nori in front of Brenner. I felt it give us a bit more defensive structure and obviously eight Nori showed again, even in the sort of cameo that he had in the second half that I don't think I've seen a better dribbler in a wall shirt since James Henry. I know that might sound stupid, James Henry, out of all the players that we've had in the past. But they have this knack of being able to like skip past defenders in really tight proximity. And I think Aitnori is just, I don't, I don't think there's a bad dribble to the moment. Obviously, I know Adama's got the pace with it. But you put Aitnori in a, in a phone box, he's still going to dribble away from you. I think he's got that quality about him. One of the um, most annoying night when I was sat in my seat was um, just seeing the Robbie Keane goals against us. It, one season constantly on their big screen. It was Emmy Martinez coming out with the World Cup trophy because I don't know about you guys. I, I just I despise the bloke. Uh, what's your feelings on Emmy Martinez, Pricey? <laughs> you know what? He's one of them, isn't he? Is um, there's something about him? There's something about him. I mean, like he's a be- he's a beige looking bloke. To be honest with you, just to look at him. But 
when he's on the put him in the penalty shootout scenario and he becomes a proper bell end. I mean, works for Villa and Argentina more so Argentina, but yeah, he's just got that he's just got that knack about him where he can just piss off the opposition. And credit to him, you know, he's he's a he's a top class keeper. He's he's a good keeper. You can't you can't deny him that. But um. Yeah, like I, I, I wanted him to come out with that trophy that he got at the World Cup. I wanted him to put it over his crotch again, like he did at the, the World Cup. I wanted, him to, I wanted him to replicate that again, like he did. But um, yeah, he's he's a good keeper, but yeah, a bit of a bell end. Do you know how like you guys used to like sort of um, tease me about Cristiano Ronaldo and um, Ed Air pretty much winning the Euros? He's Argentina's Ed Air, isn't he? Because Messi wouldn't have won the World Cup if it were for him saving the penalty shootouts and him saving the penalty of the Copa America. Emmy Martinez is Argentina's um, Ed Air, but we'll, we'll come to that another time. So obviously it's a Wolves podcast. Um, I don't know about you guys. I was I was massively impressed with um, with Wolves in the first half. I felt we dominated for for large periods. It felt like Villa just hadn't turned up. I don't know whether they just froze. I'm not sure whether like. The, the system or the, or the way we came out the traps caught them by surprise but um, going 1-0 one one up in the first sort of 10 minutes our first shot on target through Daniel Pedence nice worked move um, Matinho picked it up on sort of in the corner landing back in I was screaming for Pardins to um, to go down when I saw the, the leg of Konza come out lovely little footwork and straight past Emi Martinez um, great goal Tom yeah, it's brilliant. Really, really well worked. Yeah, it's nice to see it from Pedence as well because I know we've had a go at him on here before, probably quite rightly now, but it looks like Lopetegui seems to really like him. Um, and he's, he's probably the only player in our team who could have scored that goal. He's he, He's got that about him in those little you know, tiny spaces. It reminds me a bit of that goal he scored uh, in the Jimenez head injury game against Arsenal where he just flicked it over. Uh, I can't remember who it was, the defender's leg. Um, and then the finish was... Superb, like right in the corner, right in the side netting, and it was um, it was just I just reward really, I, I, fantastic start, really really good, and I think you touched on Villa there. Yes, they weren't great, but I think that was so much down to us and how we we set about and basically the way we pressed, and it was it wasn't just pressure for the sake of it. It was just it was really measured and and really well structured. So. Um, it was nice to see us get a reward for our for our dominance when this season we started well and we've not got anything off the back of it. So that was that was the most pleasing thing for me. Hey, please, were you, uh, Jeff? With that sort of opening half an hour for me, as I said, we we dominated possession. My only uh, begrudgement was that we didn't kill the game off in the first half. Obviously, Mateus mm-hmm. Dunes had a big chance. I think Diego Costa hit one uh, wide. But there was just so many times in that first half. This is my only begrudgment of Wolves in that first half. We we got ourselves into the final third so many times and we ended up just recycling possession. We, I, I know we had one attack and somehow ended up taking it all the way back to Saar. And like, you could just see that Villa was just on the ropes. Konza and Mings, the, the, the two centre-backs, I, just, I think they'd rather look pretty than just defend well. They want too much time on the ball. When you put pressure on them, you put balls in the box, they start freezing. Ming's nearly scored an own goal with a one cross when he spanned it over the bar. Um, what, what was your thoughts on that first that period? It was refreshing. I mean, to, to see Wolves play with such... And I think the, the, the key difference from some of the recent games and, and from probably Lopetegui's first couple of games is the aggression was a lot higher. We seem to be 
put ourselves in their faces, you know, and and really try and unsettle them. Like you said, they, they did look dazed, and 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 it, they needed that half time because, as you said, we should have been away. We should we should have had probably two or three goals at half time. The, the Nunes one, he he probably already thinks he scored. Like you, I think you were saying earlier that that yeah. um, he I think he was wheeling away to celebrate before he yeah. had even left his foot. And Diego Costa just can't buy a goal at the moment, which is just. It's a shame because the guy is. He, I've never seen work rate like like it from somebody, you know, 30, 34 years old. It's brilliant. It's incredible. I mean, I know a lot of people are very marmite on him, but at least you know he, he's putting it in and and trying to create these overloads and 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 trying to force turnovers in possession, which is which is good. And you can definitely see what's happening with Lopetegui is going in the right direction. We seem to have a little bit more bite as a team and a bit more grit and. I think that is only going to stand us in good stead going moving forward. I don't know about you, Pricey. Um, I'd, I'd love for Diego Costa and Jean Martino to be 10 years younger because if I don't know what their current FIFA ratings are for like pace and acceleration, but I can't imagine it's high. But there's been a few times, in, especially in that game last night, where they both went for the press and probably an extra half a yard of pace they probably would have got in. Um, what was your thoughts on Diego Costa's performance last night? Best game in the Wolf shirt, I think, to be honest, since, since he joined us. Like I say, his, his work rate um, was the best that he's been here. Best since he's been here, he, easily. He led the line well, like really well, since he's been here as well. And um, like Jeffo said then, you know, about Diego Costa being Marmite, I think I was one of the ones who was just really like, not, I wasn't against us signing him because we needed someone. But, you know, every, he, he was blowing everyone's skirt up because of his shithousery. You know, Aircom was there for the non-YouTube viewers. And then um, I just didn't get it. You know, I, I didn't I didn't get how everyone was like, had such a such a hard on for him being a shithouse and wanted, him, wanted that in the team. You know, I just thought, well, he's going to get more yellow cards and gold. He's probably going to get sent off. And I was told, actually, I did, he, you know, he always, he's never been sent off in the Premier League, which is a fact. So, lo and behold, five games in for us. What, what, what does he get? A red. But, via VAR as well. Yeah, and like completely needless, like 96th minute of a game, but whatever. That, you know, that was always, as I, as I was like the pains to say to people, you know, that was always a danger with him. But, you know, yes, we did we did need someone. Um, but, I mean, if we look at it and step back, the reality or the likelihood of him scoring the goals that we need was always going to be slim because if you actually look at his career, he stopped scoring goals as soon as he returned to like, Atletico. You actually look at his stats and he didn't, he's barely scored much at all since he returned to Atletico. And obviously he's had his semi-retirement out in Brazil and we're looking to bring him back into the hardest league in the world in what is a, <laughs> not a poor team, but a team certainly low in confidence doesn't create. So likelihood of him getting goals for us was always going to be low. Um, but that being said, he did have a good game yesterday. He, he did he did lead the line well, um, and Matinho, yeah, Matinho again. You know, he's he's another one. You know, we've had him for quite a while now, so we you know you, you know what we're getting with him, and we are reeking every last drop out of Matinho to be honest. But I, I would, I would like to see someone like Nunes potentially. You know, he, he, taking the role, taking his role from him. There, we need to start seeing more of Nunes, and he had another good game yesterday as well. Nunes, I think again one of his, his better games since he's been here. Um, as for the first half, we were as as the guys have said, we, we were all over them, all over them. First half, um, and there was that Nunes chance, which should have been the one. And it, 
to be honest, the, the game was coming like a bit of a cliche where first half were all over them and you just knew that Villa were going to come out a different team second half. I mean, first half, I got booed off. I booed to like Everton levels of booing that was. They got, it was so loud. I don't know if my TV was up loud or not, but the boos, Dan, you must have like heard it yeah. first hand when you were there. That they, Villa were not happy going in. And it is a bit regrettable that, you know, first half, we had all the possession, we had a ton of corners, we had all the best chances. And yeah, unfortunately, if we'd have gone in two, then perhaps, you know, we're probably talking a different story. But as far as the first half goes, that was one of the best first halves we've had all season. I had a bit of a disagreement with um, the guy who was who was stood behind me over the, um, the the attacking threat that we had last night. I've already mentioned it, that we got ourselves into good areas in the final third and then we ended up recycling possession all the way back to Jose Sarr. He made the comment that we were leading 1-0 and we didn't need to be chasing the game. But for me, I just said, I thought, I thought Villa were there for the take and I thought they were really poor. I, I, I felt like they'd, they'd frozen on the occasion and we, and we really should have capitalised with a second goal. That was my only sort of begrudge. I mean, in the first half, mm. I thought we should have killed the game off. I understand that, you know, um, leading the game 1-0, Villa were playing poor and it, was, it there, there was no demand like the last game of the season that we had to go and chase more goals but I feel like you've just got to be braver as a team and especially when we're in the relegation battle and the goal difference that we've got we, sh- we should have tried to get the second which undoubtedly probably would have killed the match off last night because like I said they, they got booed off um, huge at half time and they, they came out a different side in, in the second half we've got some of the match stats on the screen there um, Villa ended up the, the match with 56% towards his 44. Um, they had a few more passes than us, which ended up with an 83% success to our 80. Both teams ended the match with uh, three shots on target each. Uh, Villa having three more shots with 13 than us. Um, one of the big stats there, I think Wolves, Wolves offsides four times, and I'd bet good money Adama was probably three of them. What was your what was your thoughts on Adama's performance last night, Tom? Uh, classic Adama, wasn't it? Just frustrating, just really frustrating. Um, he, I don't know, I don't understand why he has to be like literally. Well, not, he's not on the line, is he? Let's face it, he's always beyond the line, in which case, always offside. He just doesn't need to be there because he, he could be two yards behind the back line and he's still going to get to the ball first. I just we know he's not an intelligent footballer, and I think that just sums it up perfectly for me. Um, yeah, he's just is the ultimate frustrating footballer unfortunately and we've got a few of them he's, he's the biggest culprit and I think uh, in Lopetegui's interview after the game he spoke about although we didn't have although we the you know the the poorer team in the second half he spoke about three clear I think he said three or four clear counter-attacking opportunities and um, yeah they, they were wasted um, by by poor decision making ultimately and unfortunately he he was one of the main culprits, as is often the case. It does seem to be that Lopetegui can't trust him to start games. I think a lot of that is due to his... I, I don't even want to be offended to the lad. I, I had a heartbreaking moment during the game last night where I just had to shout, Adama, please, just engage your brain. Because he was so frustrating just to watch. He was living in the offside world. He left um, Samado open to uh, Dinya and Augustinson like, so many times. And I think his, his match was was summed up with basically the um, the sprint off with, with Matty Cash, where he ended up on his arse, Jeff. How, how, how frustrating was Adama for you last night? 
It's it's just a shame. I, I think it's it's one of those. He, he's any player outside the top six. You know, he's he's so inconsistent, and we all want him to do well because he's got these amazing physical attributes. But how many coaches have had him now? Just it's so many, and we, he's seen his, he was he's probably he's best at Wolves under Nuno, but the best he's ever been was under. Was it Middlesbrough? Pulis. And I'm not sure who's under there. I'm not. I don't want to say Pulis. It was Tony Pulis. It was that story, yeah. wasn't it? That Tony Pulis used to play him on the wing, closest to his duckout, so he yeah, could give him instructions. Him through the game, it's madness. Yeah. And if you've got it, literally goes to those lengths to get a good game out of a player. He's uncoachable, and it's it's bizarre. And I, you know, it, we're probably going to see the last of Adama. I, I can't see him signing a contract this month. So it, it's probably going to be his last six months. So we, we might as well see the last hurrah. Hopefully, he'll do something amazing. And but I just I just can't see it. And it's just one of these. It, we we comment about like Pedence and stuff. I I I'm not Pedence's biggest fan, but at least he's getting goals and assists now. And put and 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 he's dropping down now. Adama into the same territory as like Huang, who's not scoring like. 15 plus games we're not been involved in goals and it's how long until they, they start fans start getting on his back again because he he is becoming a the scapegoat again and and and, and as we Wolves fans know we all love to have a scapegoat and he's going to end up being the one because his performances just aren't up to scratch and he's going to be the one who's left in the dirt under the Lopetegui era I think yeah, it's massively frustrating, Adama, because like you said, he's got all the attributes to be like one of the greatest footballers on, on, on the planet. But it's that it's that stat that Stu brings up, which is always his ace card, that Jody Craddock's got more Premier League goals than Adama Traore, and I just I can't get past that as good. Uh, I know it's like different positions, maybe Craddock played a, a lot more games, but it's, it's embarrassing for a player of Adama's ilk to not be so just... Average consistency stats is is the most frustrating player we'll ever see in a wolf shirt, and like you said, he's probably coming up to his last six months unless someone offers a a handsome fee just to get him off our, our wage bill this month, which is always a possibility as the window goes on and Wolves look to um, make placements in their twenty five man squad. Obviously, Villa had just pending quite a lot in the second half. Max Kilmer made that amazing headed clearance off the line, Tom. But um, Danny Ings got the equaliser. What, what were your thoughts on the goal? Yeah, it's frustrating. I think it doesn't happen if the subs made if you you know the play before because I think obviously you got the three in there and that doesn't happen. Um, Kilmer's got a few pelters for it, but I'm not sure is it his fault because he's gone he's gone charging forward and then no one's basically covered him and he's not got back in position in time for the ball over the top. I think. Um, Foreign Bright, he's running down the left. I think he tries to play in eight nor he doesn't. He's on his way back and Mings has got the ball this foot and he's just pinged it over the top. But I just don't understand why one of the centre mids or Bueno hasn't come over to, to cover. Um I think if, if you, there is one view, Tom. I think it's like sort of facing the whole end and you and you see Ruben Neves' reaction where he puts his head in his hands as he realises the ball's about to hit the net. And then I feel like that's a moment where he should have been maybe filling in or someone like Hodge or Nunes. They've just got to be taking a foul on on Mings or just doing something to stop the attack. It's it's an unavoidable yeah. goal, isn't it? And that's the biggest frustration because we defended so well for the majority of that game and to yeah. to drop the two points on on that. I mean, Jose saw slipping. Just it's it's so unfortunate. But 
anything that you think we could have done different there, Jeffo? No, I, 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 I like what we're doing there with the defence, and I like the fact that Kilman and, and Collins seem to be being more aggressive. And I think Dean's got it right was in the comments that Neves has left his position too early. I think that's that's the one thing that can change is that Neves should be covering, like we're saying, one of the midfield or one of the fullbacks should be covering. Which it's a frustrating goal to give away because everything else we've done in that game is perfect. And I think that the Kilman as a game, he was he was he was fantastic. He, he played so well. The one off the line from Augustino was you know, Cody-esque, I don't want to say. But um, I thought we played really well. Like you said, we're defending really well. We're, we're looking tight. We're not We're not giving up, like, big chances. We're giving up shots, but they're, they're, a lot of them are from distance. And that's Jose Sar's bread and butter. So it's like, okay, when when is, when is the, you know, the 50-50 sort of going to land for us? And that's what we seem to have had like the last couple of games. Like Rashford, he's bounced through and scored. And and I know we got lucky with a handball, but when when are we going to get a little rub of the green? And I think as soon as that starts to happen, we we get the results because at the moment we're playing well, we're playing really well, and and we we can see a great improvement. It's just we know what needs to be built on, and and that's goals and 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 the obvious things in football. But you can see a, a mark change just in two games, two, in two, three games. And and that's where we're going. And, and under Lopetegui, it looks bright. We were under the cost for a lot of that second half, but I've, I've been really negative towards Kilman and Collins as a, a, a two-man pair recently. But I thought they were both solid last night. I was, I, was, I was really impressed with Nathan Collins. There was one moment, I think, that he had a bit of a sprint off against Ollie Watkins and managed to, like ricocheted off him for a goal kick and he had a bit of a celebration in front of the Villa fans and I was I was loving Nathan Collins last night. I thought he did everything right. He was he was really hard done by not to have the um the clean sheet points on the fantasy Premier League last night Nathan Collins was. Um hungry like the wolf in the comments section saying it's a shame Podence um got injured and the swap was half time. How much of a, a, a blow did you think that was price that Podence had to come off at half time? Yeah yeah big blow big blow he was as he's shown from the goal you know he's while he can frustrate people, he's also got the ability to to do what we saw for the goal. You know, he's very good with the ball at his feet. Um, I know he does like his back heels and, and his tricks, which you've got to make sure they come off. And if they don't, you're going to get pelters for it. But he's, he's he's creative, and you know he's he's got quite good vision, and he, and he just try he just try to make make these these tricks put come off. You know, and he's probably like. I think of our, of our whole forward line, you know, he's actually one of the most likely to score in recent times, you know, because Huang certainly isn't scoring. As I looked, at, I looked earlier today, he hasn't scored since last February for Wolves. So he's gone nearly a whole year without getting a goal for us, which is just abysmal, <laughs> just completely abysmal. We know that Traore, as much as people love him and hate him, he, he hasn't got the goals and assists to, to back up him starting. Um, so then we've got we've got Pedence. And obviously Guedes is useless as well. So he's not gonna he's, he he can't do anything for us. So it's Pedence is one of our better forward players, to be honest. And um it just shows so those stats you put up earlier, Dan, like the first half, we all agreed that like, you know, yeah, so the one that's the, the stats there that stood out for me is the, the end possession stats, 50, 56 to 44 for Villa, because we were so on top, as we said, first half. We had, the, we had the ball, we we're forcing all the corners and we've ended up actually 
being quite behind on possession because the second half, the second half, it re- we really felt it complete the game completely turned on its head. Proper cliche, game of two halves. They've ended up only having one less corner than us, and we, we were having corners for fun first half. The second half, it just seemed that we just lost lost our way, and, and not just a little bit. We lost our way quite a lot. Um, we seemed to be hanging on quite a bit. As you say, Collins, great game. We're probably, again, same as some others, had his best game for us. Um, Kilman, that, that was great anticipation, great vision to, to block that shot from Augustine because that was, a, that, was, that was a goal all day long. You could just tell as soon as the ball was dropping to him, he was already making a beeline for the far post. So, he, he, you know, he had good anticipation for that. Um, and then, yeah, for the, for the goal we let in, I mean, Kilman was basically off the pitch by the time he lost the ball. He did go on a run forward and was looking to feed in the ball in the left wing. And he, if you watch it back, he's basically like heading towards the dugout, almost in the dugout. Um, and as we've said, you know, he's just left a gaping hole that Neves, to be fair, hasn't really busted a, a bollock to get back. Um, but then again, right towards the end, you know, he, he did have, unfortunately, he did have a bit of a lapse of concentration right at the end to let in Bailey. And I'll be honest, my heart was in my mouth at the moment, at that time, because I thought we, I thought that game was lost then. As soon as Bailey was through, I, I thought we'd lost it. I think I, I had my head in my hands because I just thought he's going to put this away. Like in that split second, you do. You, you just think this is it. And then I think I was almost as shocked as Bailey was himself that he, that he didn't score it. Um, but it's just a shame, you know, that how good we were first half. We just couldn't. We were actually, as, as I've said before, you know, we were actually got to be thankful that we didn't lose the game in the end. Um, I thought pre-game, I thought it'd be a draw, but um, either thought, given how well we were first half, that it was just a bit of a shame to see us completely go in reverse gear for for, for the second half. But um, hopefully, Collins and Kilman, that was probably their best game together, and hopefully that can carry on because. Um, I personally have not been completely convinced by Collins, I'll be honest, given taking all of his games as a big picture. I've not been convinced with him just yet, but that was his best game really for us yesterday. Uh, I'll quickly put you all on the spot. Obviously, Price just mentioned how good Collins was. Who was your man of the match last night for Wolves, Tom? I probably would say Collins. I thought Nunes had another good game, but yeah, I'd edge it towards Collins. Jeffo? Yeah, Nunes for me. I, I, like you say, it's very tight between him and Collins, but he's he, Nunes. Just we're seeing the best of him now. He's in his proper position. Yeah. Price, you going with Collins or Nunes? Yeah, it's one of those two. I think uh, for how we, for how well he, he did, I think I'm going to have to lean towards Collins because I have given pelters, so I'm going to have to give him his fair dues to say that you know what he stepped up yesterday and he had he had his best game for us. So yeah, he'll get my man of the match. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna edge with um, Tom and Price here, Jeff. I'm gonna give it Collins for for last night. I feel if Nunes had took his chance internally, he would have romped away with the free bonus points and and all of our man of the matches. He was he was solid again last night. The only disappointment with Nunes was um, another evidence, not just him but the team on a whole, would just still not fully fit to the levels that we need to be at Premier League levels because the last sort of. At five minutes plus injury time, he was dead on his feet. Nunes was, and I think if we had like another substitution available, he probably should have came off. Maybe um, Bubakar Troyore would have came on last night, but obviously, unfortunately, the news that he's come out um, last night that he's, he's going to be out injured for another like sort of month to two months, which is another reason why Wolves are regularly being linked to uh, Mario Lamina, 
nice at the moment. What's your thoughts on Mario Lamina, Tom? Um, he's one of these enigma type players, isn't he? I think he's. Um, I don't know. I think if he's got his head screwed on, he's he's really good. I mean, when, I remember when Southampton signed him. I thought, bloody, they got a player here, and I think from what I gather, he was brilliant for a short period of time, and then he lost his head. Uh, I don't think he pulled up many trees at Fulham. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lopetegui seems like the manager who can, you know, get into players and, and get them ticking. So I wouldn't be against it. The fee's quite, I'd say nominal, because it's not, is it? But it's, it is compared to the the fees that we have been paying for players recently. So I think they're saying about six, six, seven million gets him. So um, I think he's probably that type of player. He's, he's quite energetic as well, isn't he? I think he's... He covers a lot of ground on the pitch, um, and that's, that's what Truro is doing. And it seems to be, if we're going to, you know, the, the way that Lopetegui wants to play, he's, he's just filled the team with energetic players. I think that's one of the reasons, probably, why why Huang's playing quite a lot because I think he's uh, he buzzes around the pitch quite a lot. And another reason why I saw new um, Cunha as well because you know for that reason. So I think we'll see a lot of these sort of high energy players coming in. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be against Lamina to be honest. Thanks, Tom, for the nice segue there. What was your thoughts on uh, Matthias Kuhn's performance last night, Pricey? Um, quite, it was quite hard for him to too much or expect too much. One, he's only, you know, he hasn't been with us long, and two, how the state of the game and how it was going at the time. But he seems quite mobile, seems quite athletic. Um, not sure of his actual sort of settled position, whether it would be if we're playing the front front three, whether he would be the focal point of that three or whether, again, he would be another wide player. That's still not that's not clear to me. We'll probably find out. We've got quite a few games coming up, so I'm sure we'll find out, you know, what, you know where he lies on that. Um, but, I mean, if we're, gonna, if we're looking or have agreed to spend 40 mil on him, we obviously, you know, he should have the desired quality. And, you know, one thing I have noticed still with Lopetegui since he has come in is, is his subs, you know, he's making subs quite regularly and quite early, isn't he? So where we, we never got that with, certainly with large, you know, we've seen Lopetegui make subs on like 56 minutes. He's going early with his subs. Um, I know Cunha didn't come on till probably a bit, bit later than that, but I think it is a bit refreshing that we are seeing efforts made to kind of change the game by our manager. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect Cunha to probably start if not against Liverpool, but either against Forest or Liverpool. So hoping to see more of him, some more of him there and we'll see what he's made of. I was um, quite harsh on, on Diego Costa last night. I don't think I really um, appreciated how much of a, a shift he put in from the stands. I did make the comment when I was talking to my mate before the game about Diego Costa and we were trying to... Um, justify what he's actually bringing to this Wolves team and my main positive was he's really good at defending corners and clearing headers and I thought if, if, if that's your main striker's best attribute is clearing corners we're in trouble aren't we but Hungry like the Wolf has commented saying Kuna showed some promising signs showing he only had enough fitness for 30 minutes three key defensive headers from corners and good attacking runs calling for a ball um, he, he was um, quite helpful defensively with Matthias Kuna last night um, what were your thoughts on Kuna Jaffa? Yeah, he's he, athletic, a lot quicker than I thought he'd be. A lot, uh, seemed really fast with with and without the ball. But like you say, you can't do a lot in a thirty-minute cameo, um, especially in a game like that where you're under the cosh. But the one thing is, like, like what he's saying in the comments, 
is he's looking for the ball, he's calling for it. And there's a couple of times when he run, he made the running behind diagonal run and was shouting for it and wanted it, and especially the one where Adama cut inside and, and, tried, and took the effort on. And that's that's what, something that we've been missing and something that we've been looking for is somebody who's going to try and break the lines and, and, and you know, penetrate him behind because that's the one thing that we've, we've been is too static as, as, as a football club, especially with the forwards. Jimenez... Uh, when he's played, has, has, has always come looking for the ball deep or gone wide. And, and like you said, Costa's not got the yard of pace to get in behind and and, and trouble defences anymore. So to have someone, you know, he's, he's in a young, early 20s, it's upset, it sets the status quo a little bit at the club, weirdly enough, I would, I would say, in that he offers something totally different, what nobody else can hear. And... I'd love to. I'm looking forward to hopefully, you know, still being in the league next season and to have him and Fabio Silva as two fantastic, you know, very young players who are going to offer a lot to this football club moving forward and the long term. And it's it, it. And I think what it was said in his like, I don't know whether it's his first day training video or something like that on YouTube. And, that's, and I think we said the project's back. And that it feels like that with, with this sort of signing is we're looking to invest in players who are going to be here for a long time. And with that, him and Collins and the ones who've come in in the last sort of couple of windows, you can see it and you can see And the, the future does feel a little bit brighter now than it probably did 12 months ago. That despite the league position. <laughs> That was no, one of the positives like Dean Marsden has just mentioned about Mateusz Kuhn. It looks like a player that has a point to prove refreshing. The refreshing thing for me was like you mentioned, Jeff, his, his desire to make those runs in behind the defence. He looks like a wall striker that hasn't been left demoralised about balls never being played to him. Um, hopefully that's not a, a, a future Mateusz Kuhn that we've got to look forward to. Um, hopefully we've got a, a Mateusz Kuhn that's got goals that's going to keep us up this season and then Obviously, hit the ground running next season. Obviously, we've got a big game coming up this weekend away to Liverpool and then Nottingham Forest. It'll be interesting to see whether he starts over at those games because, obviously, he needs minutes to to acclimatise to English football. But um, we'll talk about Liverpool in a few moments. The um, I'm a bit of a fun police uh, stain at times when it comes to Wolves. And the, the moment for me where I felt Wolves were destined to drop points last night was the Mateus Kuna chant to Tequila. I don't know about your guys' thoughts to that. If you haven't heard it, guys, it's... Uh, do, 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 do. I can go all day. I'm, I'm going to go for it. Do, 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 Kuna, it just lads. We, we were so much That's better terrible. as a fan base. We we don't need to be going down that route. It's not in sync with the tune. Honestly, guys, we need to think of a better chance for Mateus Kuna. <laughs> I think we need to think of a better chance. For, we need to reword the um, Super Lopetegui chant as well because Diago in attack needs to be... Kuna needs to bag the winner soon and he, that that needs to be the direct replacement, doesn't it? Um, guys, if you join us tonight on the Wolves Fancast, thanks for joining us. Drop us a quick like, please, because then it can get on other people's feeds on their on their YouTube um, apps, websites they're looking at. Uh, Saturday, Wolves travel to Liverpool, 8pm on ITV4. Uh, it's a bit of a free sort of game. Liverpool probably need the win more than we do at the moment with their sort of hunt for Champions League football next season with their sort of dipping form. They had a bad defeat away to Brentford earlier on in the week. 
I've been saying for the last few days, Destin, that flipping Darwin Nunes is probably going to bag an attic against us because he's that shit against everyone else. And if there's ever a team that you want to play as a striker needing goals, it's Wolves, isn't it? What's what would you do in regards to line up on um, on Saturday, Tom? Obviously, like I just mentioned, it's not really a game that's massive in our current situation with the league games we've got coming up West Ham, Southampton, obviously Nottingham Forest in the Carabao Cup next week. What changes would you make? Um, yeah, I'd rotate quite a bit, although there's obviously certain positions where I think we're going to struggle to do that. Um, centre half being one of them. Um, I'd give, I'd, I'd probably play Raul. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against eight Nori wide left, but I, th- I think I'd rather Bruno had a, had a rest. Um, Guedes, we're going to see him again. Uh, if so, maybe just give him a, give him a run out uh, with a Dharma possibly, but. Again, midfield's another position where we won't be able to rotate too much by the sounds of it. Um, he was quite strong, wasn't he, after the game, saying, oh, look, we've only got four midfielders. Um, it's an issue that needs addressing. So it wouldn't surprise me if we maybe saw a couple maybe you know coming in in the, in the window. But for this game, I think Hodge probably immediately comes in and then you've got to, I don't know, toss a coin for the others, really. I think you'll... I think he'll maybe start Sarkic away at Liverpool on Saturday. Um, the the, the defence is pretty much going to pick itself to a degree unless he um, he starts Johnny instead of Samada. Maybe gives Lembekisa a, a chance. I'm not sure what you guys think in regards to the right fullback position on on Saturday. To it's a tough one for um, Lobotiga to make. Like I said, we haven't really got an abundance of fullbacks at the club. Whether we whether we start Brennell left back or right Nori left back. Um, midfields, like I said, Tom really like four midfielders now: Neves, Nunes, Matinho, and Hodge. Um, maybe Connor Rowan and gets a chance against Liverpool on Saturday. I think Guedes needs to to start on Saturday because he needs to at least try and put himself in the shop window. Because the, the the biggest thing that I noticed recently, obviously when he had his unveiling at um, Compton, Jorge Mendes made the comment that it's three years in the making, and it, it, it just felt it felt to me as if he's just been blackmailed for the last three years, Guedes, and he's finally had to bow to the pressure of coming towards because he's never felt like he wanted to be here. He, he struggled for form. It feels like he's either low on confidence or he, or he really doesn't be here. I, I, I don't know, but what, what's your thoughts on Guedes, uh, Jeffo? Just, I, I think he's another one who, who, who falls probably into the Nunes camp, and he's not been played in his strongest position. I know Stu keeps banging on about it, but he's he's not wrong. He, Geddes has never done anything in his career from the wing, and we put him on the wing. His best season at Valencia, he's playing off a striker. So why are we not doing that? We did it once in, during one of mm-hmm. Lopetegui's um, friendly games for half the game against the the Italian side, and. He looked good. He looked refreshed as a player. He looked like he he wanted to be involved in the game. We were starting to see sort of a, like a positive attitude out of him. But then he's pushed out onto the wing again and we see nothing. He gives the ball away. He looks lethargic. You know, he's the one who looks... He looks old on the wing. He doesn't... He looks like he's played four or five hundred league games and it, he looks knackered, but he's not. He's, 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 he's not that old and... and it just they need to with someone like that when he's so enigmatic and 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 you know he he could be this diamond in the rough. I know that there was rumours about Isco a while back, but he's this he could be this Isco. He could be this number ten who who creates goals and you know and he's influential in in driving us out of it because that's what we need is we need somebody who's going to link it all together and utilising the players in the right position. 
and the position that's going to get the best out of them is is the key thing, and it's what we've all been screaming for. I mean, we've got it now with Nunes, but we need it with Geddes, and I think that's the the sooner we we either put him there or get it get rid of him is the better. Hungry like the wolf in the comments section. Hungry like the wolf. I've, I've, I've just made me for a drink one of the weekends because you're a bar, absolutely barmy character. Um, comes out with some really sensible things, but then he's just commented saying we should emulate Newcastle and sign um, what's, it, what's the word? Sign a decent player from relegation rival. Get the money down for James Madison to unlock our creative passing up front, relegating Leicester. Anyone? I mean. <laughs> Spice, smoking spice. If you think James Madison is coming to Wolves in, in our current predicament, you're smoking spice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Willie in the comments section. Max Kilman is a liability. We need a centre off this month. Uh, Jose Sarr doesn't fill me with any confidence. Fort Raul deserved minutes. Uh, well, he's got, well, he's got a lot of comments to that guy. Is, in, in is this another section. one of Raul's mates? Has he cut his hair? Maybe. Uh, Martin, Martin W uh, following up uh, with another comment saying Kilman is overrated. Uh, Dean Marsden. Uh, Guedes has come into a dressing room that was clearly toxic. Get Guedes in a 4-3-2, 1-4-4-2 off Kuna on Saturday. And then Willie's finishing off again. Guys, let's face it. Bolly has been Nottingham Forest man of the match for the last three games. Should never have been sold. Is this Bolly's burner account? Is that Bolly's burner account? I mean, the name is Willie, so... It's lagged off off Saar, it's lagged off both of our centre-backs, and now he's saying Willie Bolly at Forest is amazing. I smell a rat. I I smell a Bolly with this. (laughs) (laughs) We all know Willie Bolly watches the show on occasion, so there's a possibility, Willie, if if he's in the section, drop a quick like before you go. Um, (laughs) Obviously, Saturday... Liverpool Wolves 8 p.m. kickoff on ITV4. There's a lot of other fixtures uh, during the day. Man United kick off the weekend um, at home to Everton tomorrow night at eight o'clock on ITV1. A uh, few of the Saturday fixtures: Preston North End versus Huddersfield, Tottenham at home to Portsmouth, Gillingham Leicester, Forest Green Rovers at home to Birmingham City, Crystal Palace AFM. That's another Premier League side going out. Reading Watford. Uh, let's have a look at the other ones: Millwall, Sheffield United, Shrewsbury Town versus Sunderland. Obviously, Saturday nights, Liverpool versus Wolves. What's your score prediction for Liverpool Wolves, Jeffo? Uh, I'm not that fussed about the results. I think Liverpool are probably going to win. It's probably going to be a three-one. I think Liverpool. I, I, I don't think either side's going to put out proper team. Wolves taking six thousand three hundred to Anfield. Pricey, what's your score prediction? Can we cause another upset similar to the Paul Lambert era? Yeah, we can, because I think that uh, Liverpool are going to stick out a shadow team. I, I don't think they're going to take this game seriously, if I'm completely honest with you. I think they've got bigger fish to fry. They've got to catch up with the league. They've they've got Champions League games, which we start up again soon. I don't really... I know it'll look bad for them if we beat them, but I really don't see them risking a lot of their big-name players on an, an FA, you know against us on an FA Cup run. Um yeah, we'll and we, you know, we're not going to have a full strength team either. But then, but Hyde, I thought Hyde was impressive against Villa yesterday. So if he comes in, that, that's fine. We've already talked about how Guedes is just not doesn't want to be here. So, but yes, I still think he'll get a game. Uh, can we cause an upset? Yes, we can. I think, I think, I don't know what's telling us, but I think we can beat him two one again. I genuinely can. I think Troy. We'll have a game where he actually does something. I know he, yesterday he reminded us of why he probably just wants to leave in the summer. But I think against Liverpool, I think he'll start. And I think I'm not going to say Guedes will score. I think Jimenez will play. And I think Jimenez will score. 
and we'll win 2-1. Well, Willie did say in the comments section for that role, deserved minutes. Um, hopefully, he gets a chance to put himself in the shop window and get his move back to Club America, which is clearly what he wants at the moment. Um, Willie also does follow up saying, uh, bro, you don't know the game, obviously. So, um, we'll, just, we'll just work off your comments. Willie, keep commenting. We love your feedback. Uh, drop a quick like before you go tonight. Um <laughs> Jimenez, obviously, frustrating period for him. Um, didn't come off the bench last night. I'm not even sure he, I saw him warming up again. I I'm, I'm still adamant that he didn't warm up against Man United and then he was just chucked on when it felt like we uh, the game was out of our reach. Uh, what's your score prediction for Liverpool versus Wolves, Tom? Um, it's so hard to predict, isn't it? You just have absolutely no idea what teams they're going to put out. Um, I'm going to say we'll sneak a 1-0 win. I don't know why. I don't know why I think we're clean, we're clean sheet. Um, but I think you're probably right. I think Nunes will probably end up scoring a hatful. But no, go on. I'll, I'll stick my head on the line and go uh, 1 0 Wolves. I think um, Cody Gakpo is probably going to be making his debut for Liverpool on Saturday. But uh, Virgil van Dijk apparently is going to be missing for Liverpool. He's um, done something quite serious to his hamstring, which requires a specialist visit. So. Um, Hopefully, we can exploit that because Liverpool have been shaky. I saw a stat the other day that said Alisson has conceded the same amount of goals this season than he did for the entire first season for Liverpool. So, that they are really shaky at the back at the moment. Trent Alexander has been exploited quite a lot at fullback this season, losing his place to Joe Gomez. That leaves, I think, Matip and um, maybe Canate at the back. Andy Robertson's their, their their best defender for me at the moment. He's I think he broke the the assist record, didn't he, the other week away yeah. to Aston Villa. They're, they're a solid side. We're going to have to be whatever team Lopetegui puts there. We're going to have to be on our A star game and up Liverpool dropping like a C or a D. It's going to be a tough game on Saturday, but the big game is um, next week away to Nottingham Forest in the in the Carabao Cup. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, everyone, on the Wolves Fancast. Continue to follow us at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, drop a like and subscribe to the channel before you go tonight. We appreciate you watching, joining us, commenting, whether your feedback was um, positive, negative, saying we don't know the game. We, we love you You're taking the time to join us tonight. Thanks, Willie, saying great show, guys. Unless we get a, a centre-off, we're doomed. Love the love the uh, love the optimism. Willie, join us again on Sunday night as we come back with a podcast to hopefully review a win over Liverpool. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. If I haven't seen you this year, happy New Year. Hopefully, see you soon. Take care. <laughs>